Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. God is in the house. Amen. God is in the house. New beginnings are very important to God. And as Pastor Brad said, how we set a tone determines how things go. The Bible says God declares the end from the beginning. So we don't wait, cover two, three weeks in the year before we try to see how things are going. How we begin determines how things go. And so this morning it's very, very important that we get to know what God has for us in the house. Before I, I bring my message, I just want to give a little um, information about what Pastor Brad mentioned about the foundations class. So what we do in that class, for those of you who do not know, is that, you know, the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's a very good question in the Bible. If the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Bible doesn't provide an answer in that verse, but I believe the answer is that you have to build a new foundation. Amen? So the foundation you build determines how, how fast you can go, how high you can go. Just as it is in the natural, in construction, in building, it is the same in the spiritual. The foundation you have determines how God can even use you. God cannot use you beyond your understanding of the, the truth of the Bible and of your faith. And so that class is very important. If you are new to the faith or if you have been in the faith for some years, but you still feel you need to get some things right, you have some questions on your mind, you're looking for answers, please join that class. For those of you who have joined in the past, we had, we've been doing five series this year, we're going to add a new one, which is the Holy Spirit. So in addition to the assurance of salvation, how do you know you are saved? Assurance of forgiveness, how do you know God has forgiven you and will forgive you? Of answer, prayer, of guidance, and all that, we're going to be doing the Holy Spirit as the seed component of that course. So if you want to be part of that, we're starting on January um, 18th. Please, you can call the office or you can even on the app. Those of you who have got the app, you can register there and um, just plug in. I believe God is going to work in our lives there. I am fired up for that. <laughs> and I believe if you come, God is going to fire you up for that as well. So thank you. Um, and you can share the information with other friends and people who feel they know, they need that knowledge of the things of God. Okay. So that is kind of a little bit seamless plug-in there for that class. This morning... God has a word in my heart for his church, for you and I. And I believe as we start a new year, it is important that once again we start on a good note. The past year and the, you know, the past few years have been a little bit crazy, depending on where you are, who you are, and what you do. But it still does not change the goodness of God in our lives. Hallelujah. The goodness of God is not determined by the things that go on here on earth. We are kingdom of God, kingdom people. We live on earth here according to how things happen in the kingdom of God. But how do we 
How do we do that? How do we know that? How do we know that the life we are leading is in line with what God really wants us to do? One of the big questions in the Christian faith is about how do I know that this decision I'm making is in the will of God? How do I know that the, the, the action I want to take is in the will of God? How, how do you know that? It's a big question. So this morning, by the grace of God, I want us to look at that topic. I want us to look at discerning the will of God. Praise God. As we start a new year, how do you know that what you want to do in the year, your plans, your, your, your purposes, your new year resolution, if you have one, how do you know that it is in the will of God? How do you become very convinced that you are not doing your own thing, but you are doing something that is within the will of God for your life? It's a big question, and that is what this morning God is going to teach us. I believe by the time you leave here, you would know that the things you have planned or the things you are yet to plan, you would know whether it is in the will of God or it's not in the will of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we thank you that through him we have all things. The Bible says you have given us all things through Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you that this morning your knowledge and your will through Jesus Christ is with us in this place. I pray that, Lord, as your word comes, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I have not come here with words of persuasion, but I have come here with words that carry the power and the spirit of you living God, that the faith of your children will not be built on human wisdom, but the faith of your children shall be built on the word of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I pray this morning that you speak through me to everyone, in-house and online. I pray for the release of the spirit of understanding in, your, in, in the life of your people. And Lord, I pray that you unplug every ear that is close to hearing your word and unplug every mind that is difficult in understanding. Open up our hearts, O oh God, to hear your word, to hear your word, to listen and to understand what you want us to. Your word is food. Feed us this morning, O oh God. And let us be full before we leave this place. We give you praise, Lord, and we magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo, can you give a big clap of him to Jesus? Yeah. So as we've said before, see, in a new year, God works with seasons. If you go to the Bible right from Genesis, on earth, we celebrate a year, we celebrate, you know, like here, fall, summer, spring. Okay, I said summer, right? <laughs> we celebrate all those seasons. When it comes to the things of God, God also works with seasons. Every season has got what God is doing and what God wants to do. One of the challenges for most Christians most children of God, is to be able to know what God is doing in the season and to be able to shift to what God is doing and align with him. 
When Jesus Christ was on earth, one thing he said was, what I see my father do is what I do. That is a man who knew how to work with God in seasons. So when God changes a season in your life, in your family, in your business, in your career, and you are not able to know that, discern that, to shift accordingly, you may be doing the same thing, but the fullness of the grace of God may not be residing on the thing you are doing because it's not because the grace of God is short. It's because you've not known to shift in the same way. Like Israel on the desert. There were times they came to a place they felt very comfortable and, you know, we, we just want to be here. And God was like, no, Moses, go tell these guys, break camp and advance. It, ha- it has happened all through the Bible. So the question is, in the new year, 2022, what is the will of God for you? What is the will of God for your life? As long as you're living, as Pastor Brown said you know, in the announcement, as long as you're living and God has not called you home, there is something he wants you to do. This morning when we were praying in the prayer room, a word that God gave us was manifestation. Manifestation. The past years has in some way tried to, you know, bottle Christians into a zone. Just be here. You can't do this. But we've entered into a new season that God is bringing his children to manifestation. Hallelujah. You are not happy about that. I said hallelujah. Thank you. If something excites you, you respond. (laughs) And so we are in a season of manifestation. As many of us that can align with the will of God in this season, I promise you, you will see the manifestation of God. The Bible says the sons... You know, the whole creation is awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. So the world is waiting for us to manifest. And so this morning, as we go through this, I believe that whatever God has put in your hands to do, whether you're a business person, whether you are a student, whether you are a mom, a dad, whatever you have, your career, God is able to use that to manifest himself. Whatever you give to God, he can use it. The little boy who came with, you know, um, fish and, 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 and bread, look at, he gave it to Jesus. And Jesus used that to manifest his glory. What about if the boy has said, no, that is mine? So whatever God has placed in your hands, if you give it to him, he can use that. It could be your business, it could be your career, it could be your education, it could be whatever, your marriage, your family. God is able to use that to manifest his glory. as long as we're able to find ourselves in alignment with what he's doing. In Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. And you, you know the rule by now, I think. If all the stuff I say is not in the Bible, what do you do? Throw it in the garbage, right? <laughs> Let it go to the garbage before you leave. And so whatever I'm going to say here, it has to be grounded in the word of God. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, The Bible says something very important. It says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
that you may work worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The Apostle Paul here was talking to the church in, in Colossus. Remember, Paul is in prison, but he's still a minister of God, and he's doing God's work. And he writes to this church, and he's saying that when we heard of your faith in God, and all the, you know, the love you have for the things of God, this is a prayer that we have been praying, I have been praying for you. And the prayer is that you will be filled with the knowledge of His will. So this morning, I also pray that prayer for you, that you will also be filled with the knowledge of God's will. So God's will come to each one of us as a form of knowledge. So the Bible says, without knowledge, my people perish. So when you receive the will of God as knowledge in your life, then you can walk in it. But the Apostle Paul doesn't end there. In the same verse, he says this, that you may walk. Paul outlined the benefits of walking in the will of God to the church in Colossus. And so from the same verse, four key things for those of you who are taking notes. The first thing is that you can walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy of the Lord. In other words, you're able to honor God in whatever you do. The second is to be fully pleasing God. Everything you do pleases God. So pleasing God is not about do's and don'ts. It's not about if you're a Christian, you have to do this and this and that, and you do not have to do this and this and that. That is not a... Pleasing God is working in the will of God. It doesn't mean you will not make mistakes. You will at some point, but the Holy Spirit will bring you back to the right place. But as you walk in the will of God, the fullness of God's grace is with you in that place. Most of us, we are struggling in what we're doing because maybe we are not in the will of God. And sometimes when you are not fully in the will of God, as I said before, the grace of God is for everyone, but the fullness of grace for that place is not there. Hallelujah. My preaching is to, is to encourage you. See, one of the things I... My messages do not necessarily come to make you feel so happy. Yeah, let me say that. My messages, what God puts in my heart, is to encourage you, but also to challenge you. Because God wants us to grow. Hallelujah. God wants us to grow. And most of the time, we can grow... Only when we are challenged, those of you who are very good at going to the gym, it's not really my area. <laughs> but you know that as, it's hard, but as you, you keep doing it, you build the muscles. It is the same in the realms of the spirit. When you are challenged and you accept and embrace it and allow God to go with you, you build your spiritual muscles. Okay, let me go back to what I was saying. So one, you're able to work, work worthy of the of the Lord, you honor God. Two, you are able to fully please Him. Three, you are fruitful in every good work. And then four, you increase in the knowledge of God. All these benefits of walking in the will of God is right here in Colossians 1 verse 9 to 10. And that is why the Apostle Paul was praying for the church in that city. It is interesting that even when you go to the Old Testament, in First Chronicles Chapter 12, verse 32, the 
there is, an, there is a very interesting story, I mean, a, a statement in that place. The Bible talks about one particular tribe of Israel called Issachar. I know we don't really use those names a lot these days. <laughs> but the Bible says that for that particular group, in First Chronicles 12, verse 32, it says, of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. These people knew they had understanding of the time, of the season, and they knew what Israel ought to do. If you read that whole chapter, it talks about, it mentions the name of all the tribes. It is only the tribe of Issachar that the Bible mentions this about. They knew the will of God for the season, and they were able to walk in that. All through the Bible, people who have sought to, see, I mean, to find the will of God are able to get it. It is not hard to find it. It is not hidden somewhere for a certain special group of people. It is available to all of us if you are born again and have the Holy Spirit of God in you. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13, the Bible says, for God said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. In other words, I know my will for you. You as you. You as you with your name. I know my thought for you. And it says, thought of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. But when you read the next verse, what does it say there? He said, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. What is the meaning of that? That presents you and I an attitude in knowing the will of God. There is an attitude that the children of God must put on to be able to know the will of God. And it's right here. If you will seek me, you said you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Not half of your heart. Not two-thirds of your heart. I need you to search for me with all your heart. And then you will find me. The verse before said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. The truth is, sometimes we don't even know what God is thinking about us. Or maybe many, many times. We don't know. But thank God he knows. Hallelujah. He said, I know. I know. And if, if you can seek me with all your heart, I will download that will, that knowledge to you. So that you can walk in it. So the attitude, once again, is for us to know how to seek God with all our heart. Not seek Him in a partial way. Not seek Him when we feel like we want to seek Him. But to seek Him with all our heart. And that verse is a whole big thing. If it involves prayer, it involves worship, it involves so many things. But as long as your heart is engaged with God in that search, He said, you will find me. You will find me. So for your marriage, for your children, for yourself, your career, your business, your ministry, whatever it is, there is a will of God for it. Sometimes we try many things. We try to see if it can work. If it doesn't work, we try again. And then we test and see, God says, seek me, you will find it. Isn't that a good promise for a new year? Seek me and you will find it. 
if you search for me with all your heart. So this morning, what I'm going to do, or what the Lord puts in my heart, has put in my heart to do, is to share with you three keys to finding the will of God. There are many of them in the Bible. But this morning, I just want to share with us three keys for discerning or knowing the will of God. The first one is you can discern through his word. Discern through his word. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, I beseech you, in other words, I beg you, I plead with you. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he said this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is an acceptable, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But how do we know that? Renew your mind. By what? The word of God. Renew your mind. Study the word of God. I tell people, if you are encouraged to study the word of God, it is not because somebody wants to make you religious. No. Knowing the word of God is not about being religious. It is about knowing the will of God. So when you are soaking and you have, you know, you're spending your time studying the word of God and meditating on it and, you know, just having a nice time with God's word, you are knowing the will of God. Because the word of God has got principles and directions about the will of God. As I said before, it is not so hard to know God's will. So when we are able to renew our mind with the word of God, our mind no longer becomes filled with worldly stuff because God's word is in our mind. And we are able to know, you know the will of God. In Psalm 119 verse 105, the Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So there comes a time in your life, you don't even know where you're going. Maybe darkness is all around you, and you don't know where to put your next step because you can't really see. The Bible says in those seasons, when God gives you his light, it makes you know where to step. You don't struggle anymore trying to find where you have to put your feet. Because he gives you his word, which is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It brings clarity. You don't, you don't live in confusion. You don't live in, 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 in a state of gloom, you know, not knowing what to do. My word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. If I'm walking here, there's no way I'm going to trip and fall because I can see. But if the whole place is dark, I can fall. Because I can see. But the word of God is a lamp to our feet and the light to our path. This morning, I want to challenge you. In this new year, one of the best investments you can make for your life is to get time for this. Hallelujah. Know it. Read it. Study it with joy. Love it. Cherish it. It will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. In Psalm 132, verse 2, 
The Bible again says this. He said, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your names. Still talking about the word of God. God has magnified his word above all his names. We love to talk about the great names of God. You know, Jehovah, Nisi, Adonai, Elion, whatever, all those great names. He said, I have magnified my word above all my names. It talks to you about how God holds his word in high esteem. And so when you know God's word, it directs you. In the Old Testament, you realize that after Israel had been in Egypt for 430 years, you know, of being in bondage, and they had lived different kinds of lifestyle in Egypt. For 400 years, not living in freedom is a lot. Your mind can be corrupted. Your mind can change. The good things you even knew could even be turned bad for you. And so when God brought Israel out into the wilderness with a promise of taking them to the promised land, what did he do? What did God do? He gave them the law, the word, the word. God knew that I have a promise for these people. I can take them to the land. But if I do not give them the light to guide them, it's of no value. And so God gave them the law. Once again, the law was not just to make Israel know the do's and the don'ts. It wasn't just to make Israel a religious group of people. It was for them to know the will of God and to walk in the will of God. Hallelujah. And so many of us, when we, you know, new, we, we get new to Christianity and we talk about the people mention the Ten Commandments. I, the Ten Commandments were not given to them to make them religious. Seriously, it was for them to know the will of God. If you study the Old Testament, you realize that there was a law about almost, I mean, about almost everything. The way to eat, the way, many things. It was because God wanted them to know his will. And so he placed that in his word. In the fullness of time, with Jesus Christ coming, we have this. And we can know and discern the will of God. And so every time Israel went away into bondage and they came back, one of the wisest things they would always do is to go back to the word of God. If you read the book of Nehemiah, I think Pastor Charlotte used it a couple of weeks ago. When they all came back, Ezra you know, and all the people, they came back after building the walls of Jerusalem and having the beauty of the city, one thing they said was this. Bring them, let us bring them together and read the word of God to them. Because they have forgotten the word of God. It doesn't matter how beautiful the walls have been built. If the word is not planted in their hearts, they can keep it. They can't sustain it. And many of us, we pray for God's blessing, but because we don't even know the will of God, let me say it, when God gives you the blessing, you can keep it. Hallelujah. Because you don't know the law, the, the will of God that governs how to operate in that blessing. It could be a spiritual gift. Every gift in the, in the, in the ministry of, of the kingdom is deeply sharpened by your knowledge of the word of God. Every gift. Every gift. 
So when you are praying for God to give you a gift, it's good. Have you also spent time in the word to be able to move in it? I believe in this day and age, one of the, you know, the, the greatest gift that the body of Christ must have is the spirit of discernment. To be able to discern between what is good and what is not good. Because many things have been mixed together in such a way that sometimes it's hard to draw the line between what is of God and what is not of God. But let me even tell you, with the gifts of discernment, if you don't have the word of God in you, you cannot do it. Because God, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. You don't know how to judge it based on God's word. How do you know it's from God? So your knowledge of the word of God, every gift, prophecy, whatever, it all flows out of the word of God. Because the word of God will never contradict the will of God. The word of God will never, ever contradict the will of God. God's will will always be found in his word. So the more you know the word of God, the more you know the will of God. The more you know the word of God, the more you know the will of God. And I'm not just talking about, you know, knowing the word of God as a theologian necessarily or a scholar. I'm talking about knowing the word of God backed by the Holy Spirit. Because that is what gives you insight. Some people know the word of God as scholars and they, they don't know the will of God because the Holy Spirit is not there. To breathe life, you know, into it. But if you, as a child of God, filled with His Spirit, if you know the Word of God, you study it, you know the will of God. So this year, as you make your plans, ask yourself this question. How is this aligned with the will of God, with the Word of God? It's a basic question you can ask yourself and try to find. How is this in alignment with God's word. Because the will of God will never contradict the word of God. Always, at every time. The second thing I want to talk about this morning is that you can discern through the Holy Spirit. You can discern the will of God through the Holy Spirit. I have talked about knowing it through the word of God. The reason why it is important to know the will of God through the Holy Spirit is this. The word of God has, how do I put it? Has got principles and guidelines, okay? They are all within the will of God. Some of them are specific, others are generic. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain that. Sometimes how that word of God would apply to, say, Pastor Brad and Pastor Linda may be different from how it will be applied in my life. And the specificity of the word of, of the will of God is known by the Holy Spirit. So for instance, God has called you into ministry. It's, it's, it's a generic thing. You know, the Bible says, he who, you know, um, um, accept the work of a bishop or a man, I mean like a minister is good. But which area of ministry has God called you to? That is a specific area. You will know that by the Holy Spirit. God has called you into business. It's the will of God that you step into the business field and use your business to bring Him glory. Which area of business do you have to go into? 
the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you in the, from the general will of God. And as I said before, some of us have gone into certain things, and I believe, I mean, I know in, in business, in a world, you know, standard, you have to do your market analysis and do all your SWOT analysis. You look at the strength and the weakness. I get all that. I get all that. If you've got a business degree, I get all that. But it still doesn't change the will of God from his word. Hallelujah. So in as much as you want to do all those things, ask God. If God tells you to go and sell papers, go sell it. He's going to prosper you with, with that. Oh, yes. If God tells you to go and sell something that doesn't make sense and you know it is the will of God, do it and you will see. Because he knows it. He has declared the end of your life from the beginning, from the day you were born. God knows your end. If you ask him, he leads you into that. And then you see his glory. And so the Holy Spirit helps us to be able to find this. In John chapter 16, verse 12 to 13, Jesus says something very, very important. Before he, you know, went in, into heaven, before he, he ascended, he was with the disciples and he was talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 12 to 13, Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus weighed the heart of the people and he realized that they were not really ready to receive all the things he wanted to pour into them. And then he said this, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. So the promise of the Holy Spirit from the John you know, 16, 12, and 13 I just read is about how the Holy Spirit will speak to you some of the things that Jesus did not even disclose to the disciples at the time. You know the Bible says all the things Jesus Christ did, it, it, it can be contained in this word, right? And so there are many things that in God's plan, the Holy Spirit comes as a companion to work with you and to reveal to you the specific will of God. I always say this. In, in our modern day Christian life, we love to talk about Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus and I'm a Jesus lover and that, that is all good. How many of us really know the Holy Spirit? The truth of the matter is this. In our time, It is more about the Holy Spirit than it is even about Jesus. That sounds controversial. Sometimes I like to hear things this way. <laughs> because Jesus said, I am going. He's gone. He's in heaven. Okay? Interceding for us. That is his job. He's doing that. He gave us the way to live all in here. But he said, when I go, I will send him to come and be with you. How many of us spend time learning about the Holy Spirit? Who is he? What does he do in your life? When people say things like, you know, I heard a spirit saying, they kind of look so strange. And who is this? How do you hear the Holy Spirit? Well, that is the provision of God for you. It is not strange to hear him. It depends on the relationship you have built with him. If you have a friend and you don't call him or her for five months, in a year, you call a new year, and that is all for the whole year. How would you know the person's voice? 
It's the same thing. Because the Holy Spirit is not just a wind that blows. He is not just a dove that flies around, a bird, you know. He is a person. Hallelujah. He is a person that comes along with you and walks with you and, and, and speaks to you the will of God. We watch movies and we see him come up along people and we think, well, these guys are trying. No, they're not trying to make anything up. It is right here in the word. Jesus said, when I go, he will come. So when Peter and the apostles received the coming of the Holy Spirit, it was a fulfillment of a promise of God for every single believer. If you hold a theology that does not believe in the Holy Spirit, I pray for you that in 2022, God will shift your mind to bring you back to the Word. Because the Word of God cannot be changed. So as you develop a relationship with Him, He speaks to you. The privilege you and I have now, let me tell you, many people in the Old Testament had wanted to receive it. The privilege we have now to have the Holy Spirit, the prophets of old, they, had, they, they wished they had it. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit had not been released to, to the body of, of, you know, of Israel at a time. And so when you read the Bible, you will hear things like, and the Spirit came upon this man, and he prophesied. And the Spirit came upon this woman, and she did. That was how God was operating in with them at a time. The Spirit came upon people, and he left. Upon people, and he left. And so those who were privileged to receive him, they were the big guys. Hallelujah. Because it was not all over the place. He was not around for everybody to see. When Jesus Christ came... It was the manifestation of Jesus, God in flesh. And then when he left, the promise is the Holy Spirit. Who is with us now? We can't undervalue that. It is a privilege. And God wants us to hold that in high esteem and build a relationship with him. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, verse 10 and 16. It's quite a long verse, but I, I want to read it because sometimes when you try to condense it, you don't really get what God wants to say. So we're going to read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. The Apostle Paul teaches us how we can, we can know the mind of God by the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2, Verse 10 to 16. Okay. It says, But God has revealed them to us. Talking about the will of God, right? It says this, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. And then He comes and He says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural Man does not receive 
the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For he who, is that for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. So Paul is saying here that, as you sit there now, as a believer, I think you know this. If you don't know, you have to join the foundations class. <laughs> but this is it. You are made of body, soul, and spirit. You as a child of God, right? Body, soul, and spirit. God does not speak to your body. He speaks to your spirit. And so the Bible says those who are led by the spirit, they are the sons or the daughters and the children of God. So God speaks to your spirit. He doesn't speak to your flesh. He doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. And your spirit receives it and carries it out by your body. That is how we praise as God's children. So the truth is we are spirit beings living in a body. You are not a body person. How do I even say that? You are, you, you are a spirit being. The body is just a container. That is why one day this body is going to go. But the spirit lives on. That is the mystery of, the, of, of who you are. So when God speaks, he speaks to your spirit. And the Paul was teaching the church in, in, in Corinth. He said, the part of you that, that has to be connected with God is your spirit. Because even with God, it is only the spirit of God that knows the mind of God. And so when you have a spirit of God, the spirit from God unites with your spirit to download the will of God in your spirit. And so he said, who has known the mind of God? We have the mind of Christ. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Now, this is the point. We have the Holy Spirit because we have Jesus Christ and we have received him. Many of us have not learned to know how to work with the Holy Spirit and how to learn his voice and how to know his will. Can I say it just doesn't happen automatically? You have the Spirit of God in you. Yes, no two ways about that. But you have to learn to know how to work with the Holy Spirit. It is a learning. It's a journey. If you don't know that you are born again, I'm not saying you are not a Christian. You are a child of God, but you've not learned that. Let me give you a typical example. In the Old Testament, even then, when God brought... Samuel, as a little boy in the temple, Eli was a high priest. He knew how to listen to God. And so when God began to shift the gear to speak to Samuel and not Eli, God called Samuel and Samuel ran to Eli. Why did Samuel not say, God, here I, here I am, speak to me? He did not know how to listen to the voice of God. And so Samuel... How to, he did that three times, and Eli, being a matured minister, got to know that this is God speaking to this young boy. And so he said, go back, lie there. When he calls again, respond, God speak to me. And then Samuel went back there again. The Lord spoke, and because of the teaching, the learning, he was able to hear God. And from that point, God began to speak to him. We never read that Samuel went back to Eli again to teach him how to hear the word of, I mean, the voice of God. But it began 
at a point of teaching, making him know how to hear God's word. Many of us, God speaks, we don't hear. It's not because God is not speaking. We have not learned to know how God speaks. And we have to know that. We have to learn that. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. God speaks to you. Sometimes it may come to you as just my mind. Well, I just felt like, you know, I should do this. Well, it's not so much a feeling. It is the voice of God speaking to you. Oh, yes. And you know, for each one of us, you will know the specific way God speaks to you. If you learn it and if you develop it, you will know it. It is not hard. You will know it to the point that when God speaks, you will never doubt it is God. You will know 100% sure you know this is God. You know this is God. It is not hard. But you have to learn it. You have to develop it. You have to cultivate that character of, of, of hearing God and, and working in it. One of the simple ways is this. When God speaks to you, obedience is a key. If God speaks to you and you obey, it opens up your spiritual ear quicker. The next time he speaks, you obey. Now when he speaks again, you, you know. You're not confused. But when God speaks and you, oh, maybe this is my mind, you brush it off. Next time he speaks, you brush it off. You wouldn't even know how to walk in it. But the promise is that we all can hear God. We all have the Holy Spirit, and God can teach us. And so that is another important way. God speaks to us by his Spirit, and God wants us to know how to walk with him. This year, my prayer for you is that you will hear God well, that you will not be confused about what to do. Sometimes what God tells you may not be very nice but if it's the will of god step in it yes because he has you covered you know billy graham said the will of god will never take you to where god's grace cannot sustain you so wherever god's will takes you his grace is there to sustain you it doesn't matter how unwise it may look like in the eyes of people Step into it. Do it. As I said, the Holy Spirit may put something on your heart. You could, it could even be married, you know. You guys are the first ones, okay? So I'm just looking into your eyes. Isabel and Joseph. <laughs> God may put something in your heart, Isabel. He may not necessarily put the same in the heart of, of your husband. Do it. Because, you know, God knows each one of us by name. And so... Don't compare yourself so much to other people because God is working with you as a person. There are times he brings a corporate will for us as a church to walk in, but there are times he brings you a specific will for you as a person to walk in, and you've got to know what God is saying to be able to do that. And the last one I'm going to talk about is you can discern the will of God through counselors counselors who counsels you who is your advisor who is your mentor and you know we can say well jesus christ saved me i have the holy spirit i have god the father i have jesus i don't really need people okay let's go to the bible <laughs> in proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 it says where there is no counsel the people fall but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So where there is no counselors, where you've got nobody who advises you, there is a the potential to fall. 
But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We often think we, we know everything, okay? Until we hit a certain point in our life and realize, I, I did not really know everything. <laughs> when I talk about counselors, I'm not just talking about anybody out there. I'm talking about godly people, godly men and women, people that you can trust. And I know most of us might have been betrayed in the past about, you know, people you shared key issues of your life with and then they went out. I'm sorry, and I pray that God heals your heart, but it still doesn't change the perfect will of God that comes through counseling. The word of God is the word of God. It doesn't change. Our experiences do not change what God has put in his word. And so no matter what, we still have to come back to the will and to the word of God. So if people have disappointed you in the past, I pray for you that in this year, God will align you with the right people. But if you get the right counselors in your life, many of the mistakes that we make in life, we don't do it. Those of you who know me well, one of the things I love is mentoring. It's, it's my heart. Because, you know, I believe, and all through the Bible, when Jesus Christ came, he picked 12 disciples and he mentored them. He trained them. And, he, you know, he, Jesus had many disciples. He had a lot of them. He had a 72 he sent out at some point. But he had the 12. And even within the 12, he had the three. Peter, James, and John. I call them the core within the core. Hallelujah. And he poured into them. Who is that person that pours into you? Who, who is that person? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter the level you are in what God has called you to do. You need those people in your life. You need those. Who holds you accountable? When you are confused and you are sad and you are broken, who do you talk to? You need those people in your life. Hallelujah. Because we all come to moments in our life, you would need them. In ministry, there are times you feel you can't even go on again. <laughs> it is not always rosy and always cool, right? You need those people that you can go to for them to pray for you and encourage you and build you up. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Who is that person that sharpens you? In 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 32, there is a secret there. We all love David. He was a man after God's own heart. He worshipped God. You know, he loved God. We all love David. And David could hear God and all that. One of the things maybe we don't know about David was that David also had a counselor who was a great man. The Bible said when he spoke, it was like God himself speaking. Second Samuel chapter 16, verse 32. The Bible talks about that man. Let me go there and then just read that. Hallelujah. I believe you are being blessed. Second Samuel 16:32. It says, "Now the advice of Ahithophel, that is the name of the guy. The, now the advice of Ahithophel which he gave in those days was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel both with David and with Absalom. This man was so much 
He had a grace, the calling of, of counseling, that when he spoke to David, it was like God himself speaking to David. So when Absalom wanted to take the, the, the kingdom from his father, because he knew one of the secrets of the success of David, he tried to, you know, to bring this man onto his side. This man went and began to work with, with Absalom. If you read, get time and read that. There was one prayer that David prayed. Because David knew what Ahithophel could do for Absalom, his son. David prayed a prayer. He said, God, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. It is in the Bible. Read 2 Samuel chapter 15. You'll find it there. I'm not going to give you the specific verse. <laughs> Go do that homework. Because sometimes the verse alone doesn't give you all, right? When you read the context, you get it. David knew that if Absalom gets the counsel of this man, he will go far. And so David prayed. He said, God, every counsel of this man, turn it into foolishness. Let it not make any sense. That was the secret, one of the secrets of David's success as a king. Even David had a counselor. Who am I? <laughs> and who are you? Praise God. In Exodus chapter 18, verse 17 to 19, another striking story in that part of the Bible. Exodus chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. We all know the story of Moses who had been called to lead the children of Israel from Egypt to the promised land. Now Moses has got so many people that he's leading. And you know, when you're leading people, you have to solve problems. Hallelujah. The more you lead, the more problems you've got to solve because we are all people and we all have issues. And so Moses began to, you know, um, he was enjoying his calling. He would counsel people. He would sit from morning till evening and advise and judge and do all those stuff. He loved it. He loved what he was doing. And then his father-in-law, a man called Jethro, was coming to visit David on the desert. And this man was a priest. The Bible calls him a priest of Midian. And so he was a minister of God as well. He came to visit Moses, and then he sat there one day and observed how Moses was leading how Moses was counseling, how Moses was judging the people, and, you know, doing what he loved as a minister of God. And then when the man observed Moses for some time, he got into the leadership skills of Moses. Let's go there. Exodus chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. I really wish I could read all this, but for the sake of time, you know, um, let me start from 15. We may not have all that, but let me start from the verse 15 of Exodus 18. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a difficulty, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and the people and these people who, you, sorry, let me take it again. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. And he said, he said, listen now to my advice, my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. 
Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. If you read down, he talks about what Moses is supposed to do. He said, Moses, this leadership approach is not good. You want to judge all these people? Once again, homework. If you read the whole chapter, you're going to get it more. But the Bible says Moses would judge from morning to evening. Can you imagine that? We all know the Israelites. See, we are, we, we are different from them, so that's good. Hallelujah. But we all knew them. They had issues. Moses would judge from morning and go all the way to evening. And he was enjoying it. But this man, Jethro, came and said, Moses, what you are doing is not good. Because it is going to wear you out and it's going to wear the people out. And so he gave him advice as to what Moses was supposed to do. And so Moses obeyed that advice. If you read down there, he said, find a way. Put the leaders also in responsibility. Let them judge people in tens, in hundreds, in thousands. And when the difficult issues are not being resolved there, let them bring it to you. And then you judge them. And so now Moses was able to refine his leadership skill by appointing other people who could also help him. And that was one of the reasons why we all know Moses was able to go far. But the secret, the question I ask myself, anytime I read this verse, this passage is this. Please listen. God called Moses, that is true. Moses could speak to God face to face, that is true. God loved Moses, that is true. This is the question. Why did God not tell Moses that Moses... This leadership skill is bad. Change it. Why did God not tell him? Because it wasn't good. When Moses changed it, God helped him. See, the advice the man gave him was, he said, I will counsel you and God will be with you. Counselors do not take the place of God. Mentors do not take the place of God. Advisors do not take the place of God. They come alongside to help us move into the perfect will of God, especially people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so this man came and advised Moses, counseled Moses, and Moses was able to leave. But as I asked before, why did God not tell Moses? Over the past years of my ministry life and working as a believer, there is a secret I have found, and this is it. Most of the time, God will not tell you what the people around you can tell you. Praise God. I know it doesn't sound good. Most of the time, God will not tell you what the people around you can tell you. God does miracles, but there are some things he will not do because you know there are ways on earth that you can get them. Why, when you get up in the morning... You don't have to pray to God to go and get breakfast, do we? God, should I get breakfast today? Unless maybe you, you want to fast, that, that's okay. But naturally, you know that is, is, is part. See, that is what I said. The Bible has got principles that guide our way. Mentors, counselors, these are the principles that God has put in our life as his children. Knowing the truth from a counselor is not something that God would let you know that. Go to the people. As I said before, pray for the right person and let God put somebody like that in your life. And you will see how 
that can transform you. Many of us would need to talk to somebody. I'm not saying me, I'm just saying it. <laughs> Many of us would need to talk to somebody who, is, who knows, who has matured in the things of God. That is what Paul did. He was in prison. He was writing letters to these people. They were also Christians. Let's get that. All the letters we read from Paul, he wrote to the church. He did not write to unbelievers. They still needed somebody to help them. In the book of Hebrews, if you read, there was a point in what the Bible says. He said, even though at this point I have to give you meat, you are still feeding on milk. Sometimes God wants to download certain things to us, but we are not there. And he wants to do, but if he does, we can get it. I have had a lot of counselors and mentors in my life who, has, who have brought me this far. I know I wouldn't have been here. The grace of God is there. The Holy Spirit is there. I'm not, I'm not changing that. All these provisions are there. But God has also made this part of our lives. When Jesus Christ came, he modeled that. He was with the disciples. He poured into them. There were times they went and prayed for somebody. The person, you know, was not healed. They came to Jesus. What did we not do well? Who is that person you can go to and ask, why did this not work well? It doesn't make you stupid. That is wisdom. To know that you don't know everything is wisdom. Somebody knows. It doesn't matter age. If they know, they know. God has God grace on all of us, different grace on different people. There are some things I will never struggle to do in my life, not because I can, but I know someone who has more grace. I'll go to them and get wisdom and knowledge. It saves you time. It saves you trouble. And I pray for you in this new year that if you have lived your life all by yourself, making your own decisions, having nobody to counsel you and advise you, and bring you to the right place. I pray for you that God will connect you to a godly counselor, a godly mentor. It will change your life. It will change your life. These are the principles in the Bible that help many people to grow in the things of God. Ask the people you admire in ministry, in business, and in all that. Ask them of their secrets. If they are Christian, they will tell you some of these. These are not hidden. They are all, you know, here in the Bible. You know, and so as we begin a new year, my prayer for you is that you know the will of God. And one important thing I want to say before I bring my message to an end is this. One of the indicators, maybe the key one to know that a decision is in the will of God is this you will have the peace of god in your heart praise god you will have the peace of god in your heart it doesn't matter if everybody says yes and you don't have the peace of god in you it is not of god i'm not talking about happiness happiness depends on happenings around you peace is within Sometimes it may be a very big risk, but you have the peace to go for it. Go for it. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, he said, Do not be anxious for anything, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding shall fill your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is the peace of God. 
It is the indicator for you to know that this is from God. Sometimes we make decisions. Whilst we are on the way to, you know, we struggle. You don't find peace in your heart. God is speaking to you. That is one way of knowing the Holy Spirit speaking to you. There is no peace there. In Romans 14, Paul said, you know, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. God gives you peace. When you don't sign the peace of God, maybe you have prayed, you have sought, you know, counselors, you've read, you know God's will, and sometimes all these points can come together in one particular decision. Okay? You may study God's word about it. You would hear from the Holy Spirit. You may have counselors talk to you and mentors, you know, mentor you in the area. But if you still don't find the Holy Spirit, I mean the peace of God around it, pause. Maybe it's a good decision, but the timing is wrong. Sometimes that could be it. But if you don't find the peace of God in you, you want to pause, you want to wait, you want to go back to God again. And it happens. Sometimes God will nudge certain things in your heart. And you feel like you don't even know. And you know, that is why if you have the Holy Spirit and you, have, you pray in the Holy Spirit, it helps. Because there are certain times you don't even know what you have to pray for. But within your spirit, you know that something is not right. I say this to my wife all the time. I, I tell her, I, I feel like something is not going on in my spirit. I just need some time for myself. I go to pray. And sometimes I don't know what it is about. But after the prayer, you send the peace of God come over you. It is God working in you. It is God bringing you in alignment. And you know, it happens to our families, our kids. Let me share this last story before I leave. When we were in Vancouver, that was in 20... Graduation, my graduation was in 2016, right? When I, I was having my graduation then, we, our little boy was one year, some, maybe a year or so. So at, at, the, at the, you know, um, university campus, UBC, at the time, one, there was a couple that came. It was like a big, you know, celebration. And there was this couple that came. Our son was very little. And they were like, oh, wow, your boy is so cute. Can we take a picture with him? I felt in my spirit I didn't really like it. But I didn't want to offend them. I'm, I'm, I'm building something here. So I said, okay, oh, yeah, you, you, you can. So they, they, they came in one side this way, and then they had him in between them, and then they took the picture of it. And, I mean, we didn't know them. And we knew they, they were not believers from stuff, right? You can see things. You don't always have to descend into the spirit to see certain things you can see. And we knew, but I just felt like, you know what? I mean, yeah, that's okay. But all through that, my spirit, I was not, I didn't find peace in it. I, I felt like it wasn't right. And so when we were going home, I said, maybe I shouldn't have allowed these guys to take a picture with Jason. Because I still don't really feel that this was like the right thing. Anyway, so we went home. And in the weeks that came, thank God for his grace and his spirit. I had about three different, you know, experiences. There was one time I was, I was just with him in the room sleeping, and I just felt something coming into the room to attack him. I, I just sensed it in my spirit. So I got up, and I, I began to pray. I prayed for him. I covered him, and then we went back to sleep. The following day, I sent the same thing again. It was like literally I was sleeping. I just felt something walk into the room, going to his side. And so I got up again, and I prayed. And the third time, the same thing, I just sent something like an image of a sword walk into the room. 
And I got up. I said, I command you. I, I prayed to God for forgiveness in the first place because I shouldn't have done that, and I did it. So I said, God, forgive me for allowing this. You spoke to me. I did not listen. And then I took authority that God has given me as a son. I prayed. I covered my son. I prayed the blood over him. And by the grace of God, it never happened again. I just said this. I know you all have your own experiences and your own stories. But sometimes when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you, you sense it in your spirit because you are a child of God. Don't hold on it. Just step into it. If it's a prayer for somebody, God can lay somebody far away from you in your heart. Pray for them. It is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You may have a business deal. As you drive there, you don't feel the peace of God in your heart. Please pause. Don't go for it. Sometimes you get up in the morning, your wife or your husband begins to go in some way. You're not, please intercede. Sometimes we are quick to be angry, right? Maybe you are all good. I have that problem sometimes. <laughs> but pause a little bit. Because the Holy Spirit is maybe telling you something. Hallelujah. He speaks to us. He directs us. If we can open our ears, our spiritual ears, to hear him, we will know what he has for us. I want to invite the worship team to come up. This morning, there was a prayer in my heart. I want to pray for all of us here because I believe it's going to be a good year. As Pastor Brass said, it doesn't mean we will not have issues. We will have issues, but the presence of God makes the difference in everything. And I believe that as we get the will of God and as we step into the will of God and allow him to lead us, allow him to direct our lives, it doesn't matter how the storms of life come, the will of God be perfected before i pray i want to give this opportunity maybe you are here you don't know god maybe you're watching online you don't have a relationship with jesus and as we talk about the holy spirit and how he speaks to us and how to know the will of god you are you asking how can i even know it it begins with the beginning and the beginning is jesus if Jesus is not in your heart if you have not accepted him that spirit in you it's not connected to God and so you can't even there is a block receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior and having that regeneration of your spirit is what connects you to the Spirit of God remember those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God so your spirit needs to be born again this morning if you are here with all eyes closed with all humility if you are here and you know within your heart right now that you do not have a relationship with Jesus. Today is the first Sunday, second day of the year. It's a good time to connect with him. When you have him, you can know his will. Maybe you have made mistakes in the past. That is okay. Let them go. Today is a brand new day. God will do something new in your life. If you are here and you haven't got Jesus in your life, you have not received him into your heart. Maybe you've been in church for long. That is not what I'm talking about. If you do not have him in your heart, I want you to just raise your hand with me and I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation with you. If you are here, maybe you are online, you can just put into the chat and just say, I need Jesus. This morning, I'm going to pray that prayer with you. I'm going to pray that prayer with you because you know what? That is what makes all the difference. That is what makes all the difference. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Can we all rise up? With all respect, can we rise up on our feet? It is a new 
season and God is doing new things in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you raise your hands with me as I pray this prayer? I believe it's a prayer. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the worship team will lead us with faithful you are. But before that, I just want to pray. I just want to pray um, this prayer in my heart. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. The Bible says your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Your word has come unto your children this morning. Father, I pray that in this new year, you will give us a desire for your word. A desire to sit with you in your word and be soaked in studying and learning from you. I pray that, Father, you will help us to walk in a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. May we hear him. May we, may we follow and obey his voice in our lives. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will divinely connect us to the right mentors, the right counselors. Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Anyone here under, the, under the, the sound of my voice who has not got somebody, Lord, align them with the right person. Connect them with the right person for their marriage, for their business, for their career, whatever it is, oh God. Bring them in connection with the right people. And Father, I pray that as we take these steps, oh God, open our eyes to see you jesus said what i see my father do that is what i do let this be our testimony in this year open our ears to hear you may our senses oh god be quickened to perceive what your will is for us in this year 2022 in jesus mighty name and father i pray that as you do all this in our life every chain that the enemy wants to bring in our lives every distraction let them be broken off in the mighty name of jesus I pray healing in the, into the bodies of your children. Whatever is a limitation for us to work in your will, in our health, in our finances, in our career, whatever it is, oh God, I speak a release of your freedom upon it in Jesus' mighty name. Let the power of you, God, move in our lives and break every chains and release your people, oh God, into walking in the fullness of your living God. Father, I thank you this morning. This year, it is a declaration that as a church, we shall know your will and we shall work in your will. For a family, for the business person, for the person in ministry, for the young person, for marriages, I pray that we shall work in your will and see the great exploits that you will do in our lives. Father, we give you praise this morning. We worship you. We magnify you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach, teach, mobilize.